The problem with introductions is that I have to follow them. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's an interesting thing because sometimes you hear these introductions about yourself and you think, who's speaking? You know, who's, who are they actually going to talk about? The very best introduction I ever had in my whole life uh, was from a friend of mine at... Uh, at the time, he was uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was doing a series of meetings for him and training meetings and a variety of other things. And, and I remember him getting up and, and starting to talk. And he went on for like, you know, a solid three or four minutes of just this flowery, you know, like he moves mountains when he prays. And when he speaks, all the demons in hell tremble and on and on. I just went... He just went into this massively long, embarrassingly glowing description. And then he said, of course, you know who I'm talking about, Jesus. <laughs> and here to tell you about Jesus is Rex. And I thought, oh, thank God. <laughs> Best introduction I have ever had. It is a delight uh, for my wife and I always to be able to minister here, uh, Pastor Rich and Clarissa and Pastor Bill and, and Colleen are so kind and gracious, and all the staff here. Uh, we partner with this fellowship. You partner with us very much in our missionary ministry. You are a significant partner and a part of uh, uh, the capacity that we have to serve churches among the nations here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So thank God for that. But we're also partnered with the leadership teams of this fellowship, just believing God together as we're a part of the kingdom for a great future. And so I'm always excited to be able to be here. When we're not here physically, believe me, we're here spiritually. We are here uh, relationally because we love and appreciate this fellowship. And so we're, we're always delighted to be able to share with you some time together. Uh, I also am excited to be here on the last day of 2023. How cool is that? Now, by the way, I hope your life is not so limited that you count in terms of years. Let me just let that sink in. I hope your life is not so limited that you count in terms of years. It, worse yet would be to count in terms of days. Oh, that's the, there's what the enemy sells to everybody who will listen. On a day that is particularly miserable or a day that is particularly painful to you for either spiritual or physical reasons, the enemy comes alongside and says, it is never going to change. This day will last forever. This feeling will last forever. This loss and pain will be forever a part of your life. And sometimes a day, when you think that way, can feel like a really long time. Come on, how many of you have had a day or two like that? Yeah, yeah, they're just awful days. Awful days that, that happen to people. But that's not the truth. The enemy is a liar. He's always been a liar every time he opens his mouth. It's like the joke about lawyers. How do you know they're lying? Because their lips are moving. It's not true of lawyers, but it is true of the devil. When he speaks, Jesus said... It is a lie. When he speaks, therefore everything he says is a lie. 
And so that idea that, you know, uh, this, this day is going to last forever, no, no, nor is, is one year passing to another. You know, maybe, maybe 2023 for you has been just a banner year. I just, you know, it's like, I never knew so many blessings could be fit into one year. Whew, I'm, I'm ready to have to subdivide myself so that I can stand the joy. But the reality is that some of you have experienced some difficulties, And maybe you had hopes and plans. Maybe at the beginning of 2023, it was like, this is the year. This is good. And you made resolutions and prayed for revolutions. And here we are at the end of the year. It's like, come on. I'm just, I just want you to get this. And for all of you in line, it's, it's okay. I'm not trying to make you embarrassed that you think that way. I just want to speak the truth to you that, that we're a part of something bigger and grander and greater that isn't measured in terms of days and years. Oh, we mark the days. We mark the years. Yes, we do. And rightfully so. But we understand that we, are been, we have been birthed into this gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The wage of sin, the scripture says, is death. But the gift that God brings to us is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Every time these days when I look in the mirror at my old frame... When I see my whitened hair, I'm aware. I look like my dad before he died. And every time I look at that, I think, you know what? Yeah, age is, age is, uh, it's, it's, it takes a toll. Every time I try to move like I once remembered moving at 25, my body says, what? What are you, what? Some of you have been here. But here's the reality. I am going to live, not in this body, thank God. But I'm going to live forever and ever. Can I take that reality one step further? Everybody ever created in Adam's race and likeness. Everybody is going to live forever and ever. The worst of the offenders and sinners is going to live forever. But they're going to live in a horror of suffering and loss and terror and and torment because they refuse the free gift that they might live in the eternal favor and glory and blessing that the Lord created us for in the first place. Amen. I'm going to live forever. And so, honey, age is just a number. Come on, some of you, some of you old saints ought to be up there going, oh, hallelujah, that hurt. (laughs) When I dance, it hurts a little more. But here's the reality, we're going to live forever. Thank God. But where and how are you going to live your eternal life? 
That makes all the difference in the world. And that's why, that's what we do here. That's why he's left us here. That's what he expects of us here. To not just say, oh man, I got it locked up. I'm secure. I'm ready. Come Lord Jesus. But we should also add to that, help me. Right here, right now, for every single moment of every day, of every year that I'm alive to make a difference in someone's life around me. Help me to live like these songs and this series of sermons that you've been a part of here at Bethel have spoken to you for, for a month now and certainly this morning. Let me live as a light in the middle of the darkness. Amen. I'm not just, I'm not afraid of the dark. I walk in the light. Come on, I'm, not, I'm scared of the dark. Then, then walk in the light. Well, it's really dark there. Yeah, and I carry a light. I walk in the light. I am a part of the light. In fact, let me take you to the scripture today. You have been in a series of sermons over this December and holiday season that's focused on light. And I wanted to just stay with that and maybe put a wrap a bow on it if I might. It's a little late for Christmas, but the scripture that I want to share with you today is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Why don't you just, uh, they're going to put it up there. Why don't you just read it out loud with me? It says, you are the light of the world. A city said, that, that, wait a minute, just in case you missed that. Why don't you just read out loud with me? Those of you at home, get a Bible out or look at, maybe they'll put that screen on the screen. I don't know how that works. Anyway, let's say it together. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father, I pray today that you'll help us to really get a handle on and, and, and understand in a deep, deep, transformative way that you have brought light and life to all of humankind through Jesus Christ the Lord, so that we might live in the light of your glory, that we might live as light in a darkened and shaded world. I pray God help us with that. And for those of us who may be growing a little bit dim or maybe a little bit cold in our relationship, I pray God, Renew the fire. Renew the flame. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and can't control. Answer the prayers that we have sung by these beautiful songs today that you will just let the fire of the Lord burn inside of our hearts and our spirits in a more powerful and increasing way, in a more effective way that makes us a light in the middle of the darkness of the world in which we live. We believe you for that. We give you thanks for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. The title of what I want to share with you today over these next few minutes is Get Fired Up. Come on, say it. 
get fired up. Now, you can, you can take this a whole bunch of different ways. This scripture pretty much says it all. This scripture tells you what, where, and why you should do. In case you're ever, you know, confused about the will of God, this scripture tells you what, where, and why. What should you do? You should let your light shine. Where? Before men. Before humankind. In the sight of others. Why? So that seeing the work that's going on in you and the light that is in your life, they might connect with God the Father and glorify the source of the light. Do you get that? I mean, that's the beauty of the scripture. It is powerful beyond measure. But to get a real picture of it, to really connect with this scripture, you have to perceive the proper picture. And the picture is not, you know, we live in a world where, where we carry lights around with us. Remember when you used to have to carry a flashlight when you went to camp? Come on, how many have ever gone to summer camps or camping out or, or someplace where in the middle of the night it's a little dark? And you have a couple of options. You can just get out there and go for it. You can. You, I've seen people do it. You know, God, yeah, I'm good. Ah, just walk right into a tree. Or worse, into a hole. Now, in those days, they used to put out a list. Hey, if you're going to go camping with us, be sure to bring. There you go. A flashlight, a source, a resource, something to light your pathway. We're putting it on you. Bring a flashlight. My problem was that in my house, we didn't have a whole bunch of flashlights. And a lot of the flashlights that we had, they had battery problems. You ever yanked out that flashlight and found out it was no good? Come on. I got my light. Ah. Oh. I'm so disappointed. Why? Because it's not lighting. That's the only purpose that it has. You see, you're perceiving the wrong picture. You're living, and it's, it's, it's rightful that you do. You live in a world where we have electricity. Do you know there's a lot of the world that doesn't? I've been in a lot of tribal places in my life. The Lord has just allowed me to do that in the course of our ministry years overseas. And there are times when, you know, when the sun goes down, it gets dark. <laughs> I know this is just beyond you. I'm sorry, it's, it, it is so elementary. But when the darkness comes, honey, you don't go a lot of places. Typically, you build a fire and you hang around the fire. Or you go to bed. You don't binge watch TV till four in the morning. You don't stay up on your electronic devices and live in the glow of the screen. You see, the picture, the right picture, is that the light that is being spoken of here is always only a product of a flame of fire. I think we have, there you go. The light in which we live is only, ever, always the product of a flame of fire. Now, why does that picture make a difference? 
Because God is a consuming fire. Our God, when he wanted to show Israel that he would be with them in their journey through the wilderness, showed up as a pillar of fire. Cloud by day, but the fire was in the cloud, honey. Amen. When God revealed to Moses that he had a plan for Moses and the people of Israel to deliver them, he showed up in a bush on a mountainside as a fire inside the bush. God is a consuming fire, the scripture says. Jesus is the light, the fire, if you will, of the world. And we need to get a handle on this because this is where we get light. We don't get it from Thomas Edison. We don't get it from whatever the Texas, Texas is one of those weird states where you've got to choose where your electricity comes from. That's pretty silly. Most states don't do that. I'm just happy we have some. But I got to tell you, if it all failed tomorrow, I'd build a fire. Amen. Amen. Why? Because a fire is a product, uh, is the producer, if you will, of light. And so this is the picture that we need to have. And why that connect point is so important is because that God is the eternal source of this fire. He's not asking you to generate it on your own. In fact, there's this, there's this obscure little prophetic utterance that, that comes out of the prophets. And, and one of them said, these are people, speaking of the frustration of the unsaved people, he says, these are people who walk in the sparks of their own feet. Isn't that an interesting picture? They are trying to work it up. Make it happen. Oh, what, what God needs for me is just a little more energy, a little more effort, a little more sacrifice, a little more given. Oh, if I, if I don't just miss a meal and I, I miss like 40 days worth of meals, surely God will owe me something. Don't act like you've never thought that or you've never met those people. Sometimes we are those people. Yeah, but here's the reality. You don't have to prop it up. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to start the flame. God is a consuming fire. God is the source of the eternal flame. In him is the light of life that lights the life of all who live in the darkness of this world. Hallelujah. And so we need to connect with this concept of fire. And around here, that ought to be about the easiest thing in the whole world. This church, ever since Pastor Rich has come, has been talking about igniting change in hundreds of people who will ignite as burning flames of fire, change in the thousands of people that they will touch in the course of an everyday work, but an everyday on fire work of God. And that's what we want to do. We want to ignite this change. And so when we grow into this, as in, in growing into this truth, what, what do we have to do? The two things that I think we have to do and get a real handle on is that we have to accept responsibility and we have to assess the possibilities. So, so first let's talk about accepting responsibility. Your job 
is to burn for God. Amen. Oh, I'm, so, I'm struggling to know my gift. I'm struggling to know my place. Get fired up. Here's the will of God for your life. I don't care what your status is. Male, female, young, old, employed, unemployed, experienced, inexperienced. I don't care what that is. Your job is to be on fire for God. Wow, that was really rousing. <sighs> Amen. This is the will of God for your life is what? To, to accept the responsibility that God, who is the consuming fire, wants to get close to you. Well, I, I promise you when God wants to get close to you, you're going to get set on fire. Amen. I'm going to come to God with all my impurities. Good luck with that. We sang a song about it. God is a purging fire where the dross of your life will start to burn under the sizzle of God's holiness. And, and what will emerge is the dirt and the shame that he will wash away so that the pure glory of the gold of God and the stuff of Christ in us starts to emerge. Amen. Amen. This is the glory. And, and how does it happen? You just get close to the fire. Amen. I don't want to get burned. Too bad. I don't want to burn for God. Too bad. The will of God for your life is get fired up. And so here's my, here's my word to you. Learn to burn. Come on, say it with me. Learn to burn. This isn't hard. Learn to burn. In fact, you don't have to be the sharpest tool in the shed to be an arsonist. I know y'all are going, oh, we're not supposed to set fires. Yes, we are. Now, not arsonists, but spiritual fires, holy fires, the glorious warmth of God's presence and the fire of the Spirit of God and the passion of Christ inside of us. Yes, yes, that is preeminently passable to others. In fact, that's, that's one of the things that you can do for the person who doesn't even want to be around you. You can, you can just burn them. Amen. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in an annoying way. I just want to get away from you. Why? Because I love the cold and the darkness. And every time around you, it isn't cold or dark. There's light, there's fire, there's passion, there's, yeah. And it gets me, yeah. And I don't want to be that. Amen. So we accept the responsibility. You learn to burn. And when you assess the possibility, it, it's the proximity, actually, of where you burn. Here's what it says in the scripture. That, that light that God has put in you is supposed to be put on a, a, a lampstand. It's not supposed to be hidden away somewhere. It's not your, your private light. It's for public impartation. And it is specifically not just Go tell the nations. Yes, eventually we go tell the nations. How? By telling the people that are in your circle of influence. By making a difference to those who are in the house. It's what the scripture says. 
When you put that light, that flame on a stand, it gives light in all of its glorious impact to those who are in the house. Amen. Don't think about that just as the house of God, the church. No, no, no. It's in the household, in the oikotum, the oikos, in the group that you're a part of, whatever group that may be. Yours might include a work group. It might include a recreational group. It might include a small group. It might include any number of things. You have people that are in your circles of influence. And if you could just learn to burn and set fires among those people, that's how you ignite change in the dozens who then ignite change in the hundreds, who then ignite change in the thousands. Amen. So we need to see this. We have to accept the responsibility. How many are willing to say, okay, I want to learn to burn? Come on. The rest of you, you're going to get burnt no matter what. Amen. Did you know that God's going to judge the earth in the future by fire? How many have ever read... First uh, and Second Peter. The things that were once judged by a flood are reserved in judgment the next time by fire. Amen. And so this glorious God is going to judge that. You might as well get in the fire now. You say, I, I got stuff that I'm pretty sure that fire is going to burn away. Honey, whatever the fire burns away, you really don't need. The burning away, the purging of the the attitudes, the purging of the prejudices, the purging of the, the, the dark thoughts, the purging of those painful places where you've believed the lies of the enemy. The purging of those things is not to harm you. It is to set you free and deliver you into the glory of a bright, burning relationship with God. Amen. Burn it away in Jesus' name. So what do we do? What do we, how do we deal with this? What do we do about this? Well, There are three P's for you, and I'll close with these. The the three P's are provide, pass, and pray. Provide, pass, and pray. Provide is what is expected of light. You provide light and enlightenment to the people who are around you who live in shade and darkness. The will of God for my life is to just maintain myself in a modicum of good behavior and hold on till Jesus comes. That's the start of truth. But the will of God is for you to also provide light and enlightenment to the darkened people who are around you. How many of you know we live in a world that is lying, the Bible says, in darkness? The world is a dark place. Politics is a dark place. Financial institutions is a dark place. Measuring your status by money is a really dark place. Come on. 
We live in a world that is given over to darkness and, and don't expect humankind to not love darkness. Because as long as they're committed to evil deeds, they will love darkness rather than light. As long as you're committed to wickedness, you will love darkness rather than light. Mm. So, you got to provide light to people. It's not a time to shut up. It's a time to burn up. It's a time to get fired up. I love that picture, by the way. Get fired up. Get on fire is what I'm talking about. But, but we also use it in other ways. I'm going to fire up the old grill. To do what? To cook me a steak. Or, you know, uh, a shark steak. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever avant-garde. To cook me some broccoli. I don't care. The point is, you get fired up to do what you're purposed to do. The grill is there to cook stuff. But you can't just throw it on a cold, non-fired grill. And expect it to cook. You got to get it fired up. It's got to become useful. I'll just keep rolling along. Eventually you'll catch up. Provide light. I'm just messing with you. Provide light and enlightenment to those who are sitting around in shades of darkness. Then we pass the flame on to those who are around us. It's not just enough to burn and enlighten others and speak the truth of God and, and be uh, uh, filled with life and joy and hope and, and passion and, and, and love for others in the middle of, the, of a cold, selfish, darkened world. It's not enough to do that. We also have the opportunity to, to pass this on to people who are around us. Eventually, someone is going to come out of the cold and the darkness, and, and you're going to find them here going... Ooh, ooh, I like this. I don't know what this is, but I kind of like this. And when they do that, when they approach you, approach them back. Embrace them. Burn them. Amen. Get with them. And the fire that is in you will start to be in them. Amen. It's that simple. Oh, I got to go through a college course in order to start a fire. No, you don't. No, no. If the fire's already burning, you don't need a college course. Amen. You just need some tinder somewhere. Amen. And you get the fire near the tinder, it starts to happen. Why? Because we pray, we pray for the wind of the Holy Spirit to drive the flame of the fire. Amen. Amen. There was a tragedy in, in Hawaii that we all watched unfold and, and horrific for whatever. They're all wondering how did it happen and on and on. But you know, I don't know how it started, but I can tell you once the fire was burning and the wind was blowing, there was no stopping the fire. Do you get that? Why? Because fire consumes. Fire has its own power to grow. Fire doesn't need a growth plan. Fire is a growth plan. Amen. 
Get a people who are passionate for God. You, give, you want to see a ministry be changed? Give me a dozen people who love Jesus with all of their hearts, who are on fire for God, and let me turn them loose. And I promise you, that dozen will become a hundred, and that hundred will become a thousand. Why? Because the fire of God burns inside of them, and that fire spreads on its own. We have so many growth plans for the church. God has a growth plan for the church. Get fired up. Why? Because we then can see the wind of the Holy Spirit begin to blow and move. That's why we ask you all the time, what's the Spirit saying? What are you doing about it? How is the Spirit speaking to the people who are in your circles of influence? Where is the passion of Christ blowing? Not just where is it burning, but where is it blowing the burning to in your life? There's a church plan that I want to follow. I want to learn to burn. Amen. I want to learn to burn in the name of Jesus. And I want to make a difference in the lives of those who are closest around me in the name of Jesus. But when I do it, I do it by providing for them an understanding of the glory of the light and the life of God that is in us and that can be in them. And I, and I pass that on to them and I see their souls be set on fire. And then as they do, I, I pray the wind of the Holy Spirit will just blow this flame wherever you want it to burn. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just get a map in your mind of, of Fort Worth, Texas? Just start with Fort Worth. You don't have to be greedy. Start with Fort Worth. Start in this little spot over here in, in East Fort Worth slash Arlington slash whatever else, you know, Hearst and Richland, whatever it is. But if you started a fire here and then that the wind started to blow north, do you know what would happen? The fire would grow to the north. And if at the same time God said, you know what? That south needs a good dose of flame. <sighs> By the Holy Spirit, the wind would blow south. And God is not a respecter of persons, so he probably is going to blow west out toward where I live and east out toward Dallas. And before long, there's a flame of fire that can't be contained and can't be controlled, that has been birthed in our souls and spirits by the Spirit of the Lord and results in the glory of our God. You are the light of the world. You're a flame of fire from God so that you might burn with brightness and follow the path of the wind for the glory of the Lord. How many of you would say, I'm all in for that. I want to be that. Ignite my soul. Come on, wave your hand around. Let somebody know you mean this. I want to be, I want to be burnt up for the glory of Christ. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me all across the house, and we're going to sing this song. I mentioned it already. There's a cute little chorus. Uh, it's like two choruses in one uh, that basically says, there's no place I would rather be. We sang that in several songs today. There's no place I want to be other than here in your presence. Here with you, Lord, you know, right where you are. Why? Because this is where you're going to set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. And so what do I want? I want that. And that means more of you, Lord. More of you, Lord. Let's sing it together. Everybody as a prayer of our hearts before God. 
Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.